For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We have got a big one for you today on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pulling. In today's episode, we dive into our much-anticipated 12-week review of the teams in the NFL after they played 12 games. This is another important benchmark, much like we did after six games, to kind of figure out where everybody is, how they stack up, who's heating up as we head into the playoffs, and who Bill thinks are the real contenders in the NFL. This is a two-part look. In this week's episode, we're going to dive into the AFC. Next week, we're going to go into the NFC. So sit back, relax, and get ready. This is the AFC after 12 weeks. My lamp is lit. Is yours guys lit? It is glowing. My lamp is lit and the clock is running. We are lighting lamps today on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pauling because it's a very special day. Uh, You'll be hearing this on Monday, but we're recording on a Tuesday, and it just so happens to be Mr. Pauling himself's birthday. Happy 78th, Bill. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Happy to be around at this age. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and happy to spend about 30 of those years with you, Bill. To, we're, both, we're both shooting for 100, so here we go. All right, here we go. All right, no dilly-dally. Let's get after it. So in today's episode, uh, we are going to get into our, as we promised, our 12-week breakdown of the, of the teams, the, mainly the teams in contention. So here we go. This episode, we're starting with the AFC. Bill, let it rip. Okay, what I've done is to take some uh, basic metrics, put them together to paint the picture of what each of these teams are. And I haven't done this as a means of comparing teams. We'll do that when we get to our playoff shows, when we have head-to-head matchups. What I've done is to try to give you a picture of who and what these teams are and what their chances are from from what the numbers tell us and what I see from looking at tape. Uh, but principally what the numbers tell us as to uh, what their chances are. The first and most important thing to remember is that there is a magic number for making the playoffs. And in a year where only six teams would make the playoffs, this magic number would be absolutely inviolable. Uh, With seven teams, it's a little less inviolable, but it is a magic number because if you hit it, the odds of getting into the playoffs are really very much on your side, almost 90%. And that number is 10, 10 wins. 10 wins in a 17 playoff format has about a 90% chance or more of getting you in. 
So that's where many of these teams that are on the outside looking in need to go. And we'll talk about that as we as we go on a little bit further. We keep in mind that 10 wins is the magic number, 10 and 6. All right. Let's look at the categories that we measured. Well, obviously, won and loss. We have to know where they stand right now. Um, and then the next category is yards per play on offense. Now, why yards per play? Because it tells you whether you run or pass, no matter what system you use, whether or not you're efficient enough to win games. Next one is QBR, which speaks for itself. We talked about that earlier in the year. <clears throat> Excuse me, 100 is the magic number there. The closer you get to that, the better chance you have of making the playoffs and the better chance and and the better your quarterback is playing and the better your passing game is. And then the uh next two measurements are points scored per game and points allowed per game, points scored by the offense, points allowed by the defense, and the spread between the two. That tells you an awful lot about how good a team is or is not. The next category is red zone. Uh, Excuse me. Next category is third down. Percentage that you're making and percentage that you're stopping. And then finally, plus minus giveaway takeaway ratio and and what that ratio ultimately is. And then we'll touch on the difference makers on each team who have to be there in order for your team to advance. And that's really important because in this COVID age, unfortunately, as we've seen with any number of teams, guys can be missing in any given week. Uh, and if they happen to be difference makers, as happened with the Colts against the Titans with uh, 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 Buckner out and, and Taylor out, uh, you're a different team. Uh, it, it, it's just a, a fact of life, uh, but it's one that you have to deal with. So that said... Let's start with uh, the two teams that are tied at the top right now in the the, uh, AFC, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're really, uh, no pun intended, but a tale of two cities and a tale of two franchises, two different teams. And I might add probably two different trajectories. But let's start with Pittsburgh. They're 11-1. They're averaging 5.2 yards per play. The magic number here is about 5.5. So they're well below where they should be. Part of the reason is because they drop balls, drop passes at an alarming rate, um, which is really sort of interesting. You, you rarely see that happen team-wise. Uh, but they're having an epidemic of it. No no pun intended, and I don't mean any disrespect, obviously, but uh, 
the, the their hands have gone and disappeared. Uh, there are some players like Ebron who are inconsistent hands guys anyway. Uh, Johnson is a very inconsistent catcher, but it's spread throughout the team, uh, and so that's that's not a that's not a good number, and it and it it should be higher than that given uh, what they're able to do. The other thing is that Connor isn't there uh, because of COVID, and they don't even if he's there, they don't have an explosive runner, uh, a guy who can create explosive plays on his own. So that puts an awful lot of pressure on Ben. Uh, his QBR is 97.2, which is really good when you think about the number of balls that have been dropped. Um, over 30 at this point, that's a lot. So um, that's, a, that's a darn good QBR, and it would be well over 100 if they, if they just caught the ball at a reasonable basis. The point uh, uh, analysis, 27.8 points per game. That's what they're generating. Here's the good part. They're giving up 17.6 points a game. That's a margin of plus 10.2. That's the best in the conference. Uh, But... Bud Dupree is gone, and Devin Bush is gone. And so I don't know that they can maintain that throughout the stretch run and through the playoffs. That's why I said before I think this is a team whose trajectory is not headed in the right direction. The loss of Dupree, I don't want to say heartbreaking, uh, pro football isn't that important. But if you're a Steeler fan, it really hurt because it takes away one of their biggest difference makers on defense. And this is a team that, as the numbers tell us, um, is is making a a really good living on defense. 17.6 points allowed is phenomenal. And that's Super Bowl level, by the way. Uh, But whether they can maintain that remains to be seen. Third down. Uh, They're at 45.5 conversion ratio, which is fine. In fact, better than fine, given the number of balls that have been dropped. And on defense, as you might expect, um, 36.1, you know, holding the other other team down on third down, um, which is terrific. And plus or minus, giveaway, takeaway, plus 11, which is really, really good. And that speaks to a really good defense and and a, and a, and, a, and a good offense that doesn't give the ball away. So all in all, the picture here is quite rosy, except for the loss of Dupree and Bush earlier in the year. And I hope and pray that it isn't fatal. But I, I can't say with a lot of a lot of uh, uh, finality or, or or a lot of belief that that it may not be the one loss that they couldn't sustain. Um, the other guys on that team 
that have to be healthy and performing at the level that they are perform that they have performed uh, thus far would be Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick, Watt, Big Ben, Claypool, who's a rookie, and uh, rookies going down the stretch and into the playoffs are always iffy because of two things. Playoff pressure, which is obvious. You're playing week after week against the best teams, and they're preparing for you in a way that they wouldn't otherwise prepare in the regular season. And secondly, the rookie wall, which is real. And they're at it right now. Rookies right now have, have played the equivalent of a full college season, spring practice, and a bowl game. And and they are done mentally <laughs> and physically. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have to find ways to get them from this wall period into the playoffs and rejuvenated enough to perform at a reasonable level in the playoffs. So I always worry about rookies. Are they going to continue to play at this level? The the odds are that they are not, that their level of play will sink a little bit. Um, and that's just human nature. So that's the, that's the picture of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I wish I could be uh, more optimistic because I really like what they are and what they built and how they play. But um, uh, these losses on defense are, are, are hard to overcome. Uh, the next team we're going to talk, go, excuse me, go right ahead. No, go, go straight into Kansas City. Okay. Uh, it's amazing how similar these numbers are in certain areas and dissimilar in others. Uh, because it tells you about two different personalities. The, team, the teams have different personalities. Kansas City is also 11-1, and one, but their yards per play on offense is 6.5. That's in the, oh, my heavens area. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the stratosphere. <laughs> their QBR is 113.8. That also is in the stratosphere. Um, their points... Uh, four uh, 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 per game on offense, 30.8. Uh, remember we said that the 23 is, is what you're aiming for. That wins about 75% of NFL games. They're at 30.8. And here's the good part. They're giving up 21.2 on offense. That's a ratio of plus 9.6. The Steelers are plus 10.2. They're really close. When you look at the numbers, they're really close. Can the Steelers maintain that defensive edge? That's the question. Uh, on 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 third down, they're at forty nine percent conversion. That too is darn near perfect. Uh, they're giving up forty two percent, which is more than respectable. That's the aiming point. That's where you really would like to be. And their turnovers ratio. Exactly like Pittsburgh plus 11. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. The two best teams in the conference. Pretty cool. Not only do they have the best giveaway takeaway, you would expect that. In fact, that's usually the way it is every year. But it's identical after 12 games. Yeah. 
pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with Kansas City, uh, the bell cows are obvious. Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, on defense, Chris Jones, and Tyron Matthew. Should any of those guys go out, they become a different team, very frankly. But as long as they're there, you know, terrific. Hilaire, is, is the, he's reached the rookie wall, and, and they've got him on oxygen, and, uh, and, and, and they're getting him rejuvenated because they have Le'Veon Bell to turn to, and uh, good for them. So <laughs> they, they, there's a, a plethora of talent there uh, to get by, which the Steelers do not have. So if you said to me, where are these two teams now? Again, I think they're on a little bit different trajectory. The trajectory for the Chiefs headed up and the Steelers at very least plateauing because of the defensive losses. Next. Uh, Bill, real quick, given with what yeah. they have left, I mean, Pittsburgh's got Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indian, Cleveland. Kansas City has Miami, New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Chargers. Just playing a little, and I know we don't like to do hypotheticals, Kansas City looks like they have a slightly harder road to hoe bringing it home. How much of a difference do you think it'll make uh, for Pittsburgh if they do have home field advantage, assuming that there isn't some kind of a playoff bubble for the championship games? Uh, well, I mean, that's a pretty big assumption, I think. Uh, that's, just, that's just one man's opinion. That's not. I don't have any uh, authority to... <laughs> <laughs> to make that statement, but um, we're not making news. Yeah, the uh, but you know without crowds, uh, which is certainly will be the case as we go all the way down the road. Um, I don't know that it makes a whole heck of a lot of difference. Very honestly, with crowds, it would make a huge difference. Do you think the buy would give you an even bigger he- headache with these teams, just knowing that you know that's a another opportunity for guys to go out and potentially, you know, something weird could happen versus if you don't have the buy, obviously you got to play the game a little more facility control in that kind of situation this year. Well, I, I believe that the, that the, the buy is always exceptionally helpful, helpful because it gets you healthy. It gives you breathing room uh, after a long season. It gets you rejuvenated. And I think in the playoffs, um, these guys are going to be as responsible as they possibly can be. And the clubs are going to be as proactive as they can be in terms of trying to keep everybody healthy. So uh, I, I, I don't think anybody's going to deliberately endanger themselves. We've got the Christmas holidays coming. That's an issue, obviously. And uh, but But having said that, um, I don't think there's a home field advantage necessarily because the weather's the same in both places. Um, and, and the bye would, to me would be the most important, the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that assumes, of course, um, that we go the rest of the way without having to activate week 18. If we have to activate week 18, then the bye goes away and, uh, and everybody, then there's eight teams in and they all play. Um, so, but the, I think the, these are two teams that are on different tra- trajectories, but they're clearly the two best 
in the conference. And, uh, and you, you know, under normal circumstances, you'd say they'd meet in the championship game or they have a good chance to. But uh, as I say, I, I don't know what Pittsburgh's future holds. I think we'll see. We'll get a good view of it this week in, in, in Buffalo. Um, the next team we're going to talk about is the Cleveland Browns. They're 9-3. and three. Um, Their uh, yards per play is 5.9, which is excellent. Their QBR is 97.9, uh, which is pretty close to uh, darn good. Uh, their points per game are 25.5, which is indicative of the fact that they make a living by running the football despite what took place this past weekend in Tennessee. So their scoring is not going to be as high as some others. Um, their points per game on defense is 26.8. Uh, so that's minus 1.3. That's not a good place to be. Uh, their third down conversion ratio on offense is 43.1. And on defense, uh, 46.2. Um, so that's not good either. And so what it's selling, what it's telling us is that this is not a terribly reliable defense. This is an offense that relies on running the ball. And, you know, think about, think about whether or not this team can go a long way. They are legitimate. There's no question about that. Might they catch the Steelers? Maybe. We'll see. Um, that, that'll be interesting. Their giveaway-takeaway ratio is plus 7, which is excellent and, uh, and, and perfectly good enough to win with and perfectly good enough to think about maybe having them go all the way, although I worry about the defense when, when it's all said and done because – when you're going to run the ball and rely on the running game, which you should in the bad weather, that's a real that's a real plus in Cleveland. I mean, that's that's well conceived, um, well structured, um, you know. But at some point, the quarterback has to take you the rest of the way, and and you're not going to be very likely playing against defenses that are in in the Tennessee um, category. Tennessee's not very good on defense, as we'll see later on. So, you know, are they legitimate without question? Can they uh, can they surpass the other two? Um I probably would 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 bet against that if I were a betting man, I'm not, but uh, I probably would. Now, let's take a look at Chubb. Absolutely. Anything happens to him, they're in deep trouble. Hunt, if both of those guys were out, Say good night, Gracie. <laughs> Mayfield, uh, they're you know he he's playing well, so they need him. Landry, absolutely. Landry has proven once again what a great receiver he is. And on defense, they absolutely have to have Garrett healthy and performing at a high level if they're if they're going to advance. So those are the key guys. Any one of those guys being out for a prolonged period of time changes the whole complexion of their team. You, you certainly, you know, you, you know, you uh, 
you obviously established in there that the running game is so important to them. But in, in terms of their sort of lifting themselves as the season is going along, uh, is some of that tied to um, Baker uh, playing within himself uh, and, and making better decisions? And, and the second thing I wondered was, when you mentioned Tennessee, was that a reasonable statement of any kind, or was that just at one terrible half by Tennessee? Uh, it was a terrible game by Tennessee, and they can't rush the passer. So the Browns did a great coaching job and said, we'll use play-action passing, and they can't get to us anyway. And so, you know, great design, great execution. But it's a one-off. That's that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, typical. That, that that's tied directly to the matchup, um, because the NFL, after all, is a game of a, a, a matchup. Um, sure. I think their rise, so to speak, has less to do with Mayfield and much more to do with the fact that they bludgeon you with that running game, and that Chubb is by far the number one runner in this league at this point in time. And Hunt isn't very far behind as a duo. Nobody has a duo like that in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's, is it legitimate to say that, that he is making better decisions though? Not, not necessarily just being a game manager, but not trying to force things as much he, as he did in earlier this year and in past years. Well, he's playing, he, he, he's doing a better job of not forcing it uh, this year. Um, as opposed to last year, I, I will say that I, I want to see, I want to see how this plays out before I, I jump on the bandwagon. Okay. Um, the next team we're, we're, we're talking about is the beloved Buffalo Bills. Um, these numbers, uh, when you look at them are astounding and um, and they're indicative of how they played last night. Now, they've, they've not played as well um, over the last little while as they played last night, and I'll have, we'll say more about that shortly. But offensively, they've been terrific. They, too, are 9-3. and three. Yards per play, 6.0. Whee! That's up there, boy. Yeah. <laughs> QBR. 105.9, and and that's real. That's the way he's playing. Points per game, 27.8. Um, points allowed, 25.5. So uh, plus uh, 2.3. That's pretty good. Third down conversions, 49.3. As I said, that's, that's darn close to uh, ideal. And um, third down uh, on defense, forty-four percent, which is which is not um, not out of this world, not as good as what they're doing offensively, but nonetheless good. And they are plus two in the turnover uh, department. Um, that's not as good as you'd like. I think the quarterback is doing a better job of being judicious with the ball. Um, they've had some fumbles. I mean that that they had two last night that were could have been could have been game breakers, but 
didn't turn out to be, but they got to be that that ratio has got to be closer to plus five when it's all said and done, plus five or plus six if they're thinking about going all the way. And the defense um, played much better last night than I've seen them play in a while. I'm still worried that in the end, uh, when they come up against the Kansas City, for example, they don't have quite enough defense to get you all the way. And that 44% on third down would indicate a lack of ability to close people out rushing the passer. And so uh, uh, I, I worry some about that. But are they legitimate? Yes, they are, without question. Um, the the key people for them, um, Diggs, he's the man, and he drives the offense. Um, Beasley, Allen, of course, Singletary, uh, because when he's healthy, uh, he can make things happen in a run game. On defense, Oliver, Hughes. One of the reasons they played so well last night was because Milano was back. He's the hidden ingredient, and he plays awfully well. And he makes the other inside linebacker play better uh, because he doesn't have to be Superman when Milano's in there. And, of course, Tredavious White in the secondary. A loss of any one of those guys um, would be would be critical and that's proven by the fact that Milano just got back last night and their defensive performance uh, while he's been out has been less than ideal. So he, he's a key factor there. And Hughes has to has to go to the fountain of youth and, 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 and get some gas in the tank uh, for the stretch run. <laughs> Let me jump in about Buffalo then. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, as, as you said, uh, uh, Josh Allen has a, a 105.9 QB rating for the season. You know, in, in the game last night, uh, his QB rating was over 130, which is the third time that's happened this season, which has only ever been matched once uh, in the NFL history, and that was uh, by Drew Brees in 96. Um, I'm sorry, by Drew Brees in 2013. As you know, the, the Bills have not made it past the wild card game since 96. So given the old adage that you have to be able to run to w- advance in the playoffs, is the running game sufficient despite the terrific way Allen and the passing game are going? Is the running game enough that offensively the Bills can continue to move ahead? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I do. I think so. I think Singletary and the young rookie who was sent to the bus and told to you know be ready to be for the trip home after he fumbled the ball in the opening snap uh, the opening drive uh, last night we'll learn from that experience um but uh no I think they've Singletary's more than good enough will he hold up over the long run without injury that's that's another question entirely but uh but if he's healthy he's more than good enough okay um the next team is a is a real surprise, and it's a credit to their coaching staff and, and to how they put this team together. Um, it's the Miami Dolphins. They're eight and four. Um, their yards per play is 5.2, which is, for a playoff team, barely good enough. 
Their QBR, which includes Fitz and Tua, is 93.1. Barely good enough. Their points uh, generated on offense, 25.3. Again, just above the line. Points on defense. And here's where we're there to make their money, 17.7. Plus 7.6. Uh, points for versus points against. That's a that's that's the third best in the conference, and that's the reason that 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 record is eight and four. Um, their third down conversion ratio is thirty eight percent. Again, not anywhere near where the the top offensive teams are. And on third down, it's thirty point thirty two point two, which is ideal. And on turnover, giveaway, takeaway, plus seven. So 17.7 points given up, 32.2% denying the opposition on third down, plus seven turnover ratio. That tells you who they are. They are a really good defensive team um, with a young quarterback who surprisingly takes care of the ball pretty well, a good backup quarterback if anything happens to Tua, and, uh, and a real chance because they play Buffalo and they play New England coming down the stretch um, to make a name for themselves. So uh, th- this is this is a good team with a home field advantage, um, regardless of crowd, because of the weather. Uh, teams going from Buffalo, New England, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, places like that, going to Miami to play, in December and January, typically have a really hard time because of the weather, the heat and the humidity. Uh, New England traditionally goes down there and lays an egg in December because they're just not physically capable of withstanding the weather. So uh, I shouldn't say lay an egg. They have a difficult time. So the bottom line is their home field advantage, crowd or no crowd, is real because of the weather. Um, the guys that are critical for them. Hey, Bill, to that end, I mean, how worried, I mean, because we got into this in terms of, yeah, they can make a name for themselves with the schedule, but looking at all the teams in the AFC and what they have remaining, I mean, they've got Kansas City, New England, Vegas, and Buffalo. This could either be feast or famine, don't you think? Yes, absolutely, sure. But I can see them going I mean, they could easily be eight in it. Yeah, but they could easily they could easily go three and one down the stretch too. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. I mean, this is a defense travels. Uh, Al McGuire, the great basketball coach, said that many many years ago. I heard him at a clinic, and I never forgot it. What he meant was that no matter where you're playing, if you have a good defense, it it, it it's there every night. Your offense can come and go and be affected by the by the, the home crowd and the officials and what have you. Defense travels, and, and they've got a, a good defense. So uh, not only do you not count them out, you give them a, a pretty darn good chance. If their quarterback, whoever it is, takes care of the football and they can create some semblance of a run game, which they've had some difficulty doing, they've got as good a chance as anybody. Their key people are Devontae Parker, obviously, the number one receiver. Tua, uh, because he, he he is pretty exceptional 
in terms of his talent. Fitz, because if anything happens to Tua, you can put Fitz in, and the odds are pretty good that he won't lose the game for you. He might, but I think it, I think it's better than 50-50 that he won't. Gasicki, who has turned out to be the go-to guy, as I expected he would, and I know uh, that that our Penn State people are happy about that. Pretty happy, and, pretty pleased. Yeah, pretty, pretty. Not indeed. complaining. It's good you have something to be happy about. <laughs> we, we, well, we do. We probably have another one coming to the league next year. You know, let's not get ahead. Yep. But Friermuth's pretty good. And then on defense, Van Noy, McMillan, and uh, and and virtually anybody in the secondary. I mean, they, they've got to keep this secondary intact and performing at a high level. Uh, but when you think about uh, who you're going to vote for for coach of the year, you you, you got to think about Brian, Brian Flores. Uh, he, he's certainly in the discussion. And when you think about executive of the year, Chris Greer's got to be in the discussion. This is a team that uh, that has outperformed their expectation by a wide margin. And as I said, still capable of being a royal pain in the neck to the other contenders as we go forward. Um, the next uh, team we're going to talk about is the Indianapolis Colts. This is a team that sort of Jekyll and Hyde, if you will, depending on who's healthy and who's not. Their record is 8-4. and four. Uh, Their yards per play is 5.6. That's, you know, that's good enough. Uh, their quarterback rating is 96.0. Good enough. You know, you're not jumping up and down, but it's good enough. Points per game, 27.3. That's good. Points allowed, 22.8. That's darn good. Plus 4.5 differential there. And you want to be plus four or better in that category. Uh, Third down conversions, 36.8. You'd like it to be a little bit better. Uh, But part of that has to do with, with... who's healthy and who's not. But the fact of the matter is you'd like it to be better. Third down conversions, 40.7. That's right on the borderline of what's good enough. And the turnover ratio plus seven. So that's very good. Uh, Now, who is this team? Well, this is a team that if Rivers is healthy, if Hilton is, is healthy. If Nelson and Costanzo are healthy on the offensive line, if Buckner, Autry, Leonard, and Blackman are healthy on defense, they got a heck of a chance. Mm-hmm. Pittman and Taylor are rookies. Pittman shows you that he's right on the edge of the wall. He'll wobble around at times, and other times he'll 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 knock your eyes out. And Taylor has been out with injury and COVID, and and had a big day coming back, and is capable of having big days going forward. Uh, the reason I I talk about the rookies is because I think they're absolutely essential if this team is going to 
uh, advance because at quarterback, they're less than they should be. The 96.0 is real. Uh, Phillip Rivers is, you know, he's got some mileage and it's showing. He's got a toe injury or an ankle injury. I don't know what it is, but it's it's bothering him. He's playing hurt to his credit, as he always will. Uh, but the arm is not what it was. And there are some throws where you say, ooh, what the heck did he do that for? On the other hand, he's capable of getting hot and with the cast around him uh, being uh, positive, with the real guys being in there, then uh, then they, they've got a chance. They're a good team. There's a lot of buts with them. Yeah. Uh, and I, But, but uh, here's who they have left. The Raiders, the Texans, the Steelers, and the Jags. And given your comment about the trajectory of, of the Steelers, I mean, that's pretty favorable. And overall, the defense seems really, to me, pretty strong, despite the collapse against the Titans. And the offense is actually still in the top 10 in scoring. And someone who I know you think is is very important in all this, they have Frank Reich. So what do you think? Well, I think I think they have a chance. I mean, they you saw what happened when they had Buckner out against Tennessee. Um, you saw what you see what happens when T. Y. Hilton's not in the lineup. You see what happens when Taylor was not in the lineup. Um, you know, they depend on key guys. Um, to get the job done. And you see what happens to the offensive line when Nelson and Costanzo were out. So like every other team, they have to have their key guys, but I think there are a few more key people that are, that's the but. There are a few more key people needed for them to to ascend uh, than are some other teams because they've got, a 96.0 quarterback as opposed to a 113.8 or a 105.9 or a 97.9, you know, mm-hmm. that's, yep. that's the difference. Yep. Yeah. That really so makes sense. That that's why the butts are there, but are, are, are they capable? Yes. The defense is really good. If they can run the ball, uh, run the ball as, as they, as they are capable of doing uh, great. If, uh, if their kicking game remains solid, then they've got a chance. Uh, this is not a this is not a sob sister by any means. <laughs> They're eight and four for a reason. They're just some maybe a couple more butts because the quarterback is aging. That's all. Um, the next team is the Tennessee Titans. Titans who are really they're a, a, a tale of two of two uh, platoons. They're eight and four. Um, their yards per play is 6.0, which is outstanding. Their QBR is 106.5. That's uh, 10 points higher than uh, Indianapolis. Um, their points per game are uh, 29.9. Their points allowed at 30, uh, uh, 24.7. Um, that's a plus 5.2 ratio. Um, so that's really good. Third down uh, uh, conversions on offense, 42.6. On defense, 53.6. Abysmal. And uh, we'll talk about that in a second. And giveaway takeaway is plus nine, which 
is really the reason that that 53.6 on third down exists and, and they're still in the hunt. The 53.6 on third down is real. There's absolutely no question about that. But the plus nine is real too. And that's what's keeping them alive. They cannot rush the passer. They have one rusher, Landry. And if you can't rush the passer, you cannot come from behind. You can't get the other team off the field on third down. You can't give up. You, you, you can't stop chunk plays in the passing game. So this is a team with a very real Achilles heel. Most of the teams that we've talked about up to and including Indy, really don't have Achilles heels. They have difficulties, <laughs> excuse me, but they really don't have Achilles heels. Tennessee has an Achilles heel, which is that if you can't rush the passer, you can't close games and you can't get off the field on third down. And sooner or later, the worm turns a little bit on the giveaway takeaway. Um, so it, it, it's hard to live off that. Uh, but that said, I think that the quarterback is good enough, the running back is good enough, that if they get on a roll, they can, they can, they can do what they did last year, which is get to the championship game. And then because they couldn't rush the passer, they got blown out in the second half and blew a 21-point lead. Um, their key people are as follows. Henry, of course, because that's what they want to do is bludgeon, bludgeon you with him. And he's a uh, human short yardage and goal line offense, uh, all tied up in one body and a ponytail. And uh, <laughs> He's a king, it. Bill. He's the king. He certainly is. And yeah. And if you're an old-time football fan like me, if you grew up on football paternal style, you love seeing them bash people into submission. Yeah, <laughs> It's fun. <laughs> Power off tackle. Somewhere Bill Parcells is smiling. Uh, <laughs> so uh, as long as he's healthy, they got a chance. That 105.6 is real with Tannehill. He's playing outstanding football, maybe the best of his career, and that's a real plus. Brown and Davis are real pluses in the in the in the offensive passing game, and they have to have both those guys. Um, but on defense, Simmons and Landry are, are, are really all the others are almost are, are, are probably replaceable. The safety uh, Bayard intercepts a lot of balls and gets to a lot of balls, but he also makes some mistakes. Um, so I would say. If, Sim, if Simmons or Landry went out, they're in, a, they're in a, a world more of hurt than they are now because they really cannot rush the passer unless they scheme it up. And, and, and you're not going to make a living doing that. Uh, uh, you know, the reason that, that, that those schemes work is because you got Watt and, and Dupree coming off the edge, not because you got chalk in your hand at the chalkboard. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> It's the Johnnies and Joes, not the X's and O's. So, yep. And they don't have enough Johnnies and Joes to rush the passer. So in my mind, they're capable if they get on a roll, but you don't want to be in a shootout with them. Uh, they don't want to be in a shootout with anybody, necessarily speaking. 
Now, the next two teams, in my view, are pretenders. And, 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 and I say it with respect because pretenders can always get on a roll. And if enough of the opposition has injuries or isn't playing well or whatever have you, you know, you, you can go. I mean, they're, they're, it's not like they aren't qualified, but they're, they're pretenders if they have to do it on their own. And the first is the Raiders, and this is really simple. This is a really simple equation. Their offense is more than good enough, and the defense is not good enough, and the numbers tell you that. Their record is 7-5. and five. They're 5.7 yards per play, which is fine. 104.1 QBR, that's fine. 26.9 points per game, darn good. Points allowed, 28.9 minus 2-0, not good. Um, third down conversions, 48.7, terrific. Defense, 47.3, not terrific. Giveaway takeaway, minus two. So this is a team whose offense is more than good enough. Of course, it should be with John Gruden and the talent that's there. But that's what you're supposed to be if you have that talent. That's what good coaching does. But the defense is not good enough. This is not a championship defense. So I would think they will. They may struggle to make the playoffs, but if they get in, I don't know that they'll go very far. Hey, Bill, real quick, one, one Raiders question and would get killed if we didn't ask this because it's obviously been the sort of social media topics on Sunday. What was your feeling about the coverage Greg Williams had the Jets in at the end of that game? I mean... I know this from his days here in Washington, that this is not the first time at the end of the game when he's played cover zero or blitzed in these late game situations, which definitely seems like it's a strategy. What do you think of that as a strategy at the end of the game? I don't like it. Uh, Tony Dungy pointed that out. Uh, (laughs) If you know Tony Dungy, he did it on television vociferously. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) I'm not sure I've seen him. I've seen him that that energized before, but not often. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, his buddy, former New England Patriot, trained by Bill Belichick, reacted exactly as you would expect a Belichick disciple to react. What the heck is going on around here? Um, I don't agree with the philosophy. It's what he does. When you hire him, you get that. So, but but I I know Tony would have countermanded it on the phone. There's, I mean, there's no way. And he pointed out that you practice that, and there's no way that he would have allowed it. In fact, he said it. There's no way he would have allowed it. You, you don't end the game. You have to defend the sideline and the end zone. There is no necessity to pressure the quarterback. None. Defend the sideline and the end zone. They have... Only one play left. They got to throw it to the end zone. And anything else you don't worry about. And why would you try to pressure the quarterback? Pressure him into a bad throw? Come on. Right. So so Bill, <laughs> if you if you if you if you had been the GM, did does Williams get the hook? Well, I I'm I'm not sure that I I while I respect what he does, I would not want that style of defense. Wouldn't want it. 
Okay, that was diplomatic. So I wouldn't. No, it's not a diplomat. I wouldn't have hired. I wouldn't allow him to be hired. Hired in the first place. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Not because he's not a good coach. He is. I would not want that style of defense, and he's not changing. Yeah. As as numerous people that played for him and against him said in the aftermath of that, that he's not changing. That's what he does. Yeah. So the question is, do you want that style of defense? Right. So you you don't fire him because of that. He never had the job to start out with. Correct. And again, not because he's not a good coach. He is. But I'm I'm not a an aficionado of that style of defense. I much prefer Tampa two. And and if Greg were on this show, he would tell you that I'm crazy and 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 that there are <laughs> too many holes in Tampa two and that we never rush the passer enough and so forth. And I and I. I accede to all of that. All of that is true. But, uh, you know, it's it's like Parcells once said that some people like vanilla and some people like strawberry. I happen to be a vanilla guy. (laughs) And strawberry gives up touchdowns. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Chuck Chuck Knoll said when he came... And by the way, can you imagine this in today's media uh, uh, atmosphere... Chuck Knowles said when he was hired, the first thing we're going to do is not lose football games. You can't win until you stop losing. And so our whole purpose here is going to make sure that we don't lose football games, that we don't give them away, uh, that we don't make mistakes, that we don't play poor defense that allows the opposition to take advantage of mistakes that we have a defense that's consistent and reliable every week because, you know, you can't win until you stop losing. Mm -hmm. And Joe Paterno was sitting up there in State College grinning from ear to ear. And uh, that's that's the way I learned football. And uh, I kind of, the way I I, I phrase it all the time is that if it's good enough for Joe Paterno and Chuck Knoll and Tony Dungy, it's more than good enough for me. <laughs> or anybody else. <laughs> well, no, there there are people who feel otherwise. I mean, Buddy Ryan was a was a great proponent of of finding ways to knock the quarterback down, beat the living daylights out of him. There's there's merit to that. Um, Bill Parcells was a was a huge believer in stopping the run. And, and not trying to sack the quarterback, but trying to disrupt him. And, and by the way, against the Kyler Murrays of the world and the Lamar uh, Jacksons of the world, uh, you know, if you want to know how to defense those guys, pick up the phone and call Bill Parcells. It still works. Um, but, you know, it's just different strokes for different yeah. folks. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think when you just um, consider the careers of the three gentlemen you talked about uh <laughs> I, I would certainly say if i owned an nfl team uh i you know i would i would trust that philosophy <laughs> well maybe if you owned one we get a chance to try it out let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll work on that rick because it'd be fun All to right. give it a whirl okay. hey I, I i i played the lottery every week you got time plenty of time you got to win the super lottery, though, in NFL. That's true. You're right. That's true. 
That's true. Not just the regular old lottery. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. You got to win the Canadian lottery, no taxes. <laughs> exactly. Um, the last team we're going to talk about is Baltimore. Uh, they're going to play tonight, so we don't know what their record will will, will be after twelve. Um, I'm sorry, we we didn't get to New England. We skipped. We skipped. Well, I, I apologize. Yep. Not, not a Freudian slip at all. We would never skip the Patriots on this show ever. Never, 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 ever. never ruled the Patriots out. Never do we give Bill Belichick short shrift. No, 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 no. So they are six and six. Their yards per play is 5.4, which is okay. You know, it's it's not what it used to be, but it's okay. Their QBR is 80.3. Ugh. So that's telling you something about the quality of the passing game. Their points are 22.8 per game. That's only 0.8 over, over the bare minimum. Um, the points allowed 21.3, so they're plus 1.5, as you would expect the Patriots to be. On third down, they're converting 43.6% of the time. I would expect that to be higher because of Cam's ability to run the ball, but apparently he hasn't been doing that you know, with any degree of, of, of real efficiency the way he's done in the past. Uh, on third down... As you would expect, they're 43.6. That's pretty good. Um, On defense, 42.0, which is less than they're used to being, being, and and probably, you know, mediocre, probably 6-6 when you you think about it. And they're plus one in giveaway, takeaway. So the numbers for them are all mediocre, and, and that's why it points to 6.6. It paints you a picture of 6.6. H- having said that, um, I don't want to play against Bill Belichick teams at this time of the year. Period. Exactly. I don't like nope. playing them. I don't <laughs> like playing them anytime. But at this time of the year, not if I can avoid it. So that was the question right in my mouth does anybody ever want to play bill belichick in in, in january and and if you and if you do you know you run and you play defense you know and you're bill belichick i i worry about playing you <laughs> well it's like that horror movie they're like the villain lurking in the background waiting yeah. waiting to get the kill yeah this is jason yeah. Voorhees territory that's exactly right i mean yeah, they they they're lurking behind the shed chainsaw in hand Ready to take exactly. you apart. Why don't we just um, get in the running car? <laughs> I, I failed to mention uh, the key Raider players. Um, Carr, obviously. Riggs, obviously. Waller, obviously. Jacobs, obviously. They drive the defense, uh, the offense, excuse me, and they're, and they're outstanding. And, and Here's why they're not as good as they should be on defense. Crosby is an outstanding player. Abrams an outstanding player. There's nobody else that you would say you absolutely have to have. And if any, if those two guys were out, then you know you got some dif- further difficulty on defense. Um, in New England's case, um, the indispensable people are Cam, simply because Stidham hasn't proven that he can win. Cam is 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 um, tough enough, seasoned enough, uh, talented enough, 
and savvy enough to win. Um, he can he can find a way to win, even if it's with his feet. Sony Michelle uh, adds a lot to the run game, and they've become a running team. Uh, James White, because of his value in the passing game. And then on defense, Guy and uh, Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, who's having a great year, and Duger, who's a who's a rookie, but I think is is the next outstanding Patriot safety. Um, and you know you can't count on rookies down the stretch, obviously, but uh, but he's certainly a guy that if he wasn't in there, um, it probably doesn't doesn't help them. Um, so again, uh, a six and sixteen that nobody wants to play. And uh, especially in Foxborough, and, uh, and and you never count them out. And they play Buffalo and Miami coming down the stretch. So they will have a say about who wins the division, even if it's not them. Uh, turning to Baltimore, uh, these are 11-game statistics because the 12th will be played tonight for the obvious COVID reasons. Um. Their yards per play is 5.4. Um, that's mediocre because the quarterback generates so much running offense that it should be better than that. Um, the QBR is 93.4. That's uh, very average. Their points for are 25.6. Again, primarily a running team, so they're not going to you know, light up the scoreboard. Um, here's the good news. Um, points allowed per game, 19.5. So that's a, that's a plus 6.5 differential. That's a really good differential. That should tell you that if they play to their strengths and they play clean games every week, that they got a chance to go a long way. Um, third down efficiency, 43.4. Again, a little low given the quarterback's ability to, to, to create things with his feet, it ought to be higher than that, uh, which means that the passing part of it is not measuring up. And on third down on defense, 35.3, uh, wonderful. That's great. And plus or minus uh, plus three. And you would think, again, if they took care of the football better, they'd be – a lot better than that, they'd be in the plus six or seven range, uh, which is what they should be with a defense that good. So what's happening here is uh, these numbers are telling you that the conventional wisdom that Lamar is not having a great year is correct. Um, it doesn't tell you why, um, but it validates the conventional wisdom, which I never like to do, by the way. But the fact is you can't deny the numbers. Uh, and uh, the guys that, that, that you know, are indispensable there are, 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 the, are the, the, the running backs and, and, and Judon and, and Calais Campbell on defense. I mean, and the two corners, that's most – uh, uh, Humphrey, you know, more than than uh, uh, most anybody. So any of those guys are out as they have been with COVID. 
that presents a, a real challenge for them. But uh, are they good enough to get in? Uh, well, we'll find out tonight, because if they lose tonight, it's a really long road to hoe. And as it is, to get to 10, if you're a six-win team, you got to run the table. Yeah. New England has to run the table. Right. So so the Raven, they, so they've got Cleveland, Jacksonville, the Giants, and Cincy. So if they get past the Browns, um, you know, running the rest of the table is not uh, out of the question, especially that uh, Lamar, you know, more than most quarterbacks, uh, succeeds against the bad teams and has trouble with the good teams. Uh you, you take into account they, you know, with what you said about um, the the buy, they had weirdly they they got an unexpected week's buy. You know, when the game was went from one Thursday to the next, and you know most guys, um, Mark Andrews won't be back, but pretty much everybody else will have recovered. Calais Campbell is still hurt, um, but you know, given who they have to play, um, I, I kind of feel like they got a shot. Uh, what would you say, Bill? Could they run the table? Yeah, it's possible. Sure, the defense is good enough that they that they could run the table. Yes, they got to win tonight. Obviously, yep. Nine and seven. Nine and seven puts you in a precarious place. Uh, you don't want to be nine and seven. It's not getting it done in the AFC this year. Maybe in the NFC that gets you in, but the AFC just even the math on it's too hard. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's correct. Because you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that are likely to get to ten wins. At at very at most most likely six for sure. And possibly a seventh who are likely to get to ten wins. So as I said, ten's the magic number. Mm-hmm. And they have to win tonight and then run the table the rest of the way to get there. All right. Well, it's a long shot. Well, that brings us to the exciting conclusion of the audible. Rick, I think we should actually do an audible of the audible. Let's put a nice bow on this thing. Why don't we do your question first? All right. So Bill and I, and we're going to get a much more informed answer to this uh, when we do our show, when we're about to go into the playoffs, when the, when the regular season's over, but right now, Bill, just right now, if you had to pick one team to make it as the AFC's representative in the Super Bowl, who do you go with? Kansas City. I think the loss of Bud Dupree, uh, along with Bush for the Steelers, is just too difficult to them for them to overcome. And I think Kansas City is... The, the most complete team because anywhere you play, they can outscore you. And in the playoffs, that counts a lot, but their defense is also really, really good. They're not bad. It's, this is not a great offense and a bad defense. It's another worldly offense and a, and a good defense. So, and Pittsburgh, try as they might, just has lost too many difference makers on defense to 
you know, I, I, if Dupree had been healthy, I, I, I might say I'll take either one of them. And I know they'll I feel pretty good that they'll meet in the championship game. But with Dupree gone, uh, I think Kansas City's got too much. Okay. There you have it, folks. There you have it, gang. Chiefs Kingdom, get excited because the man has uh, has laid down the gauntlet. Obviously, subject to change. A lot can happen in the next four weeks. Well, that will put a capper on the AFC today. As always, if you have questions for the Audible, please hit us up at IFL Polling on Twitter. I heard a rumor that based on the success of last week's show, I think the week of the 28th, we're going to be dropping another Ask Bill Anything episode. It'll be Ask Bill Anything number two. So please hit us up on Twitter with your questions. We got a lot of questions still to get to, but we always have room for some more. I think given the success of it, it's going to be a, it's going to be a periodic thing on the show. So uh, guys, anything else for the good of the order this week i i think that's yeah that's that's about it send those send those questions in and one we'll talk to you next week stay safe very cool guys thank you everyone thank you Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.